Boys and girls, ladies and gents, welcome to another episode of Clutch Conversations. I am your host, Mike, from Herp Collectors. I hope everyone is having a fantastic Thursday evening. Really excited about tonight's guest. We've got another great guest tonight. Tonight, we're going to be kicking it with Blake Stewart from Stewart Design. He's going to give us some insight on branding and why your brand matters. Uh, but before we get into that, uh, definitely support US Art. Um, like I say, we'll tell you that every single week. There's a link in the description of this video to the memberships. Uh, the most inexpensive membership is just $40 per year. Uh, definitely support US Art. Uh, they're one of our best defenses to protect uh, us in this hobby and our rights to keep these animals. So we've got a lot of people in the chat tonight. So I want to give a couple quick shout outs before we bring Blake out. Esteban, what's up? Thanks for coming out. Bosa, what's up? Thanks for coming out. Keys, what's up? Thanks for coming out. Thanks for the memories. Thanks for coming out. Leka, what's up? Thanks for coming out. Who else we got? Keisha, thank you for coming out. Nicole, thank you for coming out. Thank y'all for coming out. Make sure we don't miss anybody. Ken, thanks for coming out. Anna, what's up? Thanks for coming out. Thank you for all of y'all coming out. Thank you for all of your support each and every week. Really, really, really appreciate it. Um, so without further ado, we're going to uh, bring Blake right out. Again, Mr. Blake Stewart from Stewart Design. Hey, how's it going? It's going well, Mike. How you doing? I'm doing well, doing well, doing well. So uh been pretty busy? Yeah. Yeah, we have been. <laughs> <laughs> And so you just, you were in um, Tinley too. So did you get a chance to, to meet up with anybody good in Tinley? Yeah. I mean, uh, I've been in Tinley now a few times. It's it's always a great time. I enjoy, you know, hanging out with everybody. Um, yeah. Uh, had, had a lot of clients there, a lot of friends. So it's uh, always a good time. Okay. So real quick, uh, I guess do a formal introduction of yourself and tell everybody about what you do. Sure. Sure. My name is Blake Stewart. I am the principal and founder of Stewart Design. We are a, uh, a branding agency. Uh, what we do is we we empower companies to reach their, their greatest potential by providing strategic, verbal and visual clarity. OK. OK. So how did you get into branding? Um, well, uh, I started Stewart Design back in 2007 when I graduated the uh, graphic design program at, at WVU. Uh, always had the, you know, the idea of starting my own company, wanted to always do my own thing, didn't want to okay. go out and, and work for anyone. So, um, yeah, I actually started the company while I was finishing school and I've oh, been, nice. doing, yeah, been, been doing it ever since. So growing up, like before school, did you always know this is the field you wanted to be in or was it something that just kind of dawned on you while you're in school or a little bit of both? Uh, so before before college, um, I mean, I was always in art. I always loved drawing and uh, you know illustrations and things like that. Okay. Um, while uh, while I was in high school, I remember my art teacher. Uh, she's you know because of my style of drawing, more kind of abstract, fine lines, things like that, and everything. She's like, oh, you know, you should you should major in graphic design when you go go to college. At the time, I had no idea what that meant. So, um, <laughs> but you know, I, I you know when I when I 
applied for college, I figured, hey, I'll go ahead and major in graphic design. <laughs> and, um, you know, so the, the design program um, in college, uh, at least the one I went to, you know, they teach you a little bit about each aspect of, of design. So you learn a little bit about, for instance, logo design, a little bit about web design, a little bit about okay. typography, videography, um, you know, different things, and, uh, you know, app development and so forth. And then it's kind of, it's up to you where you want to go from there. Um, you know, the uh, I had a, a paid internship as a web designer for WV Web Services uh, my junior senior year, okay. and uh, originally, um, you know, I thought, hey, I'm gonna I'm gonna be a web designer. But then, after that internship, I found out that I really loathed everything about web design. I didn't enjoy it at all. It was a it was very little design and a lot of tedious HTML, CSS coding, and I just hate oh the coding. Yeah, yeah so I, I really enjoyed the actual graphic design. So um, I decided decided to start my company doing what I actually liked, you know, which was the the, the print design, and that led into a lot of the branding, and uh, that's what we've been at ever since. Okay, okay, yeah, I can imagine the coding part isn't very much fun. No, no, <laughs> <laughs> I wouldn't like that all at all. So we keep saying branding, but just to kind of level set for everybody, can you explain like what exactly you mean by branding, and also tell us why it's important? Sure. So your, your brand, your brand is everything that influences your customer perception. So for instance, it's, you know, it's, it's how a company sounds, it's how they look, it's what they do. It's their, their people, their product, their service. Um, so branding is, is really a company's plan to influence their customer's perception. Um, it's important because, you know, perception influences reality. So if people believe you're the best, then you become the best and they're going to be more likely to work with you to spend money with you over others. Okay. So what's the difference between branding and marketing? I know a lot of people get those confused. Uh, sure. Well, so, so I've explained branding. Um, marketing is pretty much just the, the way in which you decide to get your message to your clients. So whether you're, you're doing billboards, social media, Google ads, uh, TV commercials, radio, um, you know, kind of the, how, how you're getting it out there. Okay. And so what are some other things you think people may misunderstand about branding? Sorry, what was that? So what are some other things you think people may misunderstand about branding? Um, things that people, uh, misunderstand about it. Um, I mean, most of the time when, when people, you know, when, when people hear the word brand, they just think about a logo. You know, but but a logo is just a really a very small part of a brand. Um, you know, properly creating a brand really involves much more than just designing a logo. Um, you know, not not understanding that is probably the biggest mistake I think most people make about branding. Okay, and so what's some of that thought process that goes into like how to design that logo? Um, so like kind of like like our process, uh, how we mm -hmm. handle the clients. Uh, so we start with with a brief workshop. Uh, the workshop uh, is really just to determine if we're a good fit, you know, so figure out if our expertise meets their need. It's really about figuring out what the client's looking for um, and if we're able to help them. And if so, then we'll develop you know, a plan of action uh, after after that workshop. We'll put together, a you know, build a custom proposal for them based off, off their needs. Um, the proposal typically involves, um, you know, an additional workshop uh, to develop the strategy, the messaging, uh, then the execution of the visuals and anything else that's needed. If it's someone 
for instance, in the, the, the reptile industry, a lot of the time they might need things like uh, design for uh, for a setup for Tinley, you know, or different, you know, shows that they travel to. So that could involve, you know, table covers, backdrops, fabric displays, pull-up banners, uh, stickers, business cards, uh, animated logo for, you know, intro to YouTube videos or things like that. Um, and uh, kind of, you know, just goes from there, apparel, you know, other kind of print needs, uh, box designs, whatever. Okay. So what makes um, an effective logo? Uh, well, I mean, before, before anything visual is ever created, it's important to develop the verbal branding first. You know, the right. um, visuals should always be influenced by the verbal. So, uh, you know, they're, you know, after after you have that all put together, um, there there are kind of three things that you know I tell people all all logos need to be. Um, it's simple, memorable, and appropriate. So it needs to be simple, so it can be easily and quickly you know, recognized, recalled. Um, it needs to be memorable, uh, meaning it shouldn't be you know just cliche, something that's seen over and over in the, in the in the industry. Um, you know, it needs to it needs to stand out, and it needs to be appropriate. It has it needs to have the right, you know, feel for the the, the audience, the industry, and and so forth that it needs to appeal to. Gotcha. So, do you see a lot of common mistakes when people are kind of developing their branding? Um, yeah, I mean, <laughs> all, 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 all the time. You know, we're we're you know the majority of our projects by far are are rebrands. Most yeah. of the time, people go to these. You know, cheap competition sites like Fiverr or 99designs or, you know, they uh, get someone that a lot of the time uses a piece of clip art or worse, even sometimes rips rips off someone else's logo and then just changes the name of their company name and hopes they'll never see it or something. Um, <laughs> or they just work with people that just, I mean, aren't professional, you know, uh, branding experts and, and they just don't know what goes into it, you know, and all they do is they they provide them with a couple options or drawings and, and ask them, Hey, do you like this? And, you know, I shouldn't really be a question, you know, do you like it? The question should really be, will this work? Right. Um, you know, it's, it shouldn't be a beauty contest because, you know, it shouldn't actually really matter if the person just likes to look at it or not. What's more important again, is that it's going to work for their company. It's going to help their, their, them achieve their goals. It's going to help their business grow. Okay. Okay. Do you kind of have to talk people off the ledge sometimes when you present them? Their logo? Um, no, no, no. Honestly, not really. I mean, you know, our, our process, like I said, with the the workshops and things like that. When it comes to the presentation, um, it's it's not really, you know, a question of like, you know, do I like this or don't I like this or anything like that. It's more of explaining, you know, why it's put together, and then it's like, yeah, of course, this is how it looks. You know, this is what we've discussed. This is, you know, this is, you know. And a natural result. <laughs> I know uh, when we had our, our presentation workshop and before uh, the logo was unveiled, I, I was kind of nervous because, I mean, I knew what to expect, but I didn't know what to expect. Mm -hmm. And then um, when you guys unveiled it, like I was just smiling from ear to ear. It was like, yeah. wow, yeah. <laughs> this is exactly what we've been talking about for the past several weeks. I don't know how you knew, but it was exactly what we've been talking about. And it made me feel exactly the way that I expected to feel when I saw it. So I was, I was very much impressed. And that's great to hear. Yeah. And, 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 and that's, that's the whole, again, that's the whole purpose of the workshops. That's why we go through that. That's why we spend so much time talking with people about, 
you know, again, you know, what it is they're looking to achieve, you know, how they're looking to do that, who they need to appeal to, all those kind of things. So, yeah. So I was reading um, the book you had sent over. I'm about, I was reading about quite a few things, but one of the things that I, I remember specifically were, was the discussion about like the six different logo types. Can you go into that a little bit? Uh, sure. Yeah. So, so there are, there are six different directions you can go in with logo design. You have what's called a pictorial mark, abstract mark, letter mark, word mark, emblem, and combination. So the the first one, a pictorial mark, is where the symbol or the icon is literally a picture of something. So if you think of like the, the Apple logo or the, the target target, you know, those would be pictorial marks. Mm -hmm. um, an abstract mark is where the symbol or the icon is an abstract shape that's used to identify a company or an organization. So if you think of like the Nike swoosh, you know, it'd be an abstract mark. Um, a letter mark is where the symbol is made up of letters, you know, typically uh, initials of the company or something like that. Um, an example of that would be like the, the Chanel logo, you know, with the two C's. Um, the, the fourth one, a word mark, is where there is no symbol or icon, but the name itself is used, you know, in place of that. Um, so, like Google, you know, or FedEx, uh, you know, would be word marks. Um, an emblem, uh, an emblem doesn't have a symbol that's separate from the name. There's there's typically imagery and text, but it's always contained as a unit. So so it has a feel of more of like a badge or a patch or something. Um, so an example to help people envision that would be like the uh, the Harley Davidson logo. You know, that's a that would be considered an emblem. And then the last one is a combination mark. So combination mark, um, you know, if you combine two of those types of uh, logos together. So if you combine like a letter four mark and a pictorial mark where it's a letter, but there's also imagery included in, in it and stuff, you know, that would be a, a combination mark. Those are those are pretty much the six different types of logo directions you can go in. Gotcha. So what's the process in determining like which type works best? Um, is it like certain ones for specific industries or does it just kind of depend on the goals of the company? No, not, not really. I mean, we determine what direction makes the most sense. Um, again, after going through the workshop, you know, gathering all the answers from that. So, you know, kind of figuring out what the client's goals are, learning about their industry, uh, researching their business, their competitors, um, you know, it, once we go through all that, then we kind of decide what the best direction is to go with what type of, of, of mark. Gotcha. So you've worked with a number of folks in the reptile industry. Can you speak a little bit about how you actually first got into the reptile industry? Yeah, sure. So the first person I worked with was Garrett Hartle from uh, Reach Out Reptiles. Um, so, you know, I've, I've always enjoyed liked animals my whole life. Um, I'd actually reach out to Garrett to, um, to, to purchase a uh, dwarf reticulated python. And um, in, in, in doing so, uh, you know, I found out that you know, he's only about an hour away from me in Pittsburgh, you know, PA. So uh, I went up there, hung out with him, uh, talked to him about his business. Um, and that kind of also led to him hiring us to, to rebrand him. So we did the rebranding for, for Reach Out Reptiles initially. That led to, uh, I think the second project we worked on was um, Nova Reptiles for Zach Nava. Uh, we did uh, Slither, we did Summit Serpents, Hysteria Exotics, Herb Collectors, of course, uh, Hill Creek Reptiles, Eclectic Reptile, 
Uh, we rebranded Canova for Justin Kabalka. Um, one of the more recent ones we did was uh, the rebranding of Cold Blooded Cafe, uh, and then, and then of course we did the the rebranding um, and strategy development for for US Arc as well. So, oh. um, quite a bit of experience in this. Yeah, yeah. It's um, I, again. I mean, you know, we've been in business for for quite a while now. Um, you know, over over fifteen years, and. I mean, we don't have any specific industry we work with. Um, you know, we have worked, done a lot of work with, for instance, like law firms. You know, uh, we've done a lot of work with chiropractic offices, dental offices, construction companies. Normally, when we start working with people in a specific industry, it branches out to other people in that industry. Um, you know, uh, so, you know, I'm it's kind of like their word of mouth or. Yeah, yeah. I mean, a, a lot of yeah. I mean, honestly, we haven't really ever done any advertising, so <laughs> it's, <you> know, <laughs> it's it's been good. But um, you know, uh, That's you know, a good we're, place we're, to be. Yeah, we're 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 a small firm. I mean, we're we're only able to take on a limited number of projects, anyways. You know, so you know, we can't we can't get too overwhelmed. Um, but uh, but but yeah. I mean, normally when we start working with someone in a certain industry, it branches out and leads to others. Uh, it's happened like that in the reptile industry and it just so happens that I also have a passion for reptiles and, you know, I own a number of them myself. And so I just, I really enjoy working on those projects more. And then when I'm traveling for work, going to Tinley, going to Pomona, going to other shows, I mean, it's, it's all just more fun than going to, you know, law firm symposiums and, uh, you know, contractor expos and things like that. <laughs> <laughs> Not quite as cool, huh? Yeah. I get it. I get it. It's definitely a fun hobby. Yeah. Yeah. So, uh, you said you got some dwarf retics. How, how many snakes do you have? How many reptiles do you have? Sure. I have, I have 22. So I have the, oh, I didn't realize it was that many. Yeah. Well, the, the first snake I ever had is a Lacoustic Texas rat snake, which okay. I still have. Um, then I have four carpet pythons and the rest are all super dwarf reticulated pythons. Okay. So are you planning to breed? Yeah, I mean, it's it's not something that I, you know, care to ever turn into a business or anything like that. I mean, you know, I, I enjoy them as, as pets. Um, but I mean, I did, you know, kind of build up the collection a little bit because, hey, it's a it's a it's a side hobby, too. And, you know, yeah, you know, once they're old enough and they start uh, producing clutches, I mean, it's, you know, additional side income. So why not? And it's just a fun project to work on. I think you're underselling your dedication to your animals just a little bit. You got to tell everybody about your reptile recreation room. <laughs> oh yeah, well, I mean, I, I, you know, I, I don't, I don't believe in just keeping the, the animals in small enclosures and stuff, you know. So, um, I mean, I, you know, I, I had a, I had an addition built onto the house. It's a twelve by twelve foot room um, with a, a whole bunch of climbing ropes and shelves with holes drilled through them and uh different bars coming out of the walls and all, all kinds of stuff for them to kind of you know crawl around climb around exercise um so yeah it's uh i mean it's again uh, I, I the animals obviously enjoy it i'll put them in there they'll they'll move around sometimes they don't sometimes they'll just find a spot and they're like hey i'm i'm good here i'll just sit here for a whole day. Yeah, um but uh but but most of the time they'll they'll crawl around they'll explore get some you know like i said exercise and stuff so um yeah, but I, I still have another room with all their enclosures, separate enclosures for each animal and, and everything. But time to time, I'll I'll take you know six, seven, eight of them and put them in that room and let them all crawl around. <laughs> Do you have a favorite species to interact with? Uh, I mean, I, I would definitely say the super dwarf uh, retics. Okay. Yeah, yeah, they, they're they're just um, 
uh, I mean, the carpets are fun too. The but uh, you know that's why that's why I have both of those kind. Um, they they just seem a lot more interactive um, than 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 other snakes. You know, I mean, you hear people make fun of ball pythons and call them pet rocks. <laughs> rocks. Right. So the retics are the opposite. They they move around a lot. You know, <laughs> and, uh, <laughs> scoping out the scene. Uh, Nicole Tisdale from Lady Tiz Exotics is in the chat, and she's got like eight retics. She's got some really nice ones too. Cool. Can't, I can't rattle off all the morphs, but I know she has a pod one that, uh, that uh, I'm infatuated with. It's my, it's my favorite one. Um, but she's got some really cool ones, too. Oh, nice. Yeah. Cool. So you spoke about some of the folks that you've worked with uh, in the hobby. Can you speak specifically uh, to the work that you did with Canova and, and U.S. Arc? You kind of talk a little bit about the thought process and share what you can about those projects. Yeah, sure, sure. So um, Canova, I mean, it was it was great working with Justin. Um, I mean, he's obviously, you know, a big name, well, the biggest name in the ball python industry. Um, so Canova, uh, we that, that's that's really a made up word we came up with there. You know, we um, in researching it, there is like a robotics company in Canada called it, but different country, different industries. So we won't worry about it. We came up with that the name Canova because it's the same number of letters as Kabalka, but it's okay. even L. Um, so, you know, starts with the K, ends with the A also. So a little bit of carry over there. Okay. Um, but more importantly, like through going through the workshops with him, you know, uh, we, we found out, you know, he's really all about innovation, you know, creating these, these world's first morphs that he's done you know, plenty of and so forth. And, um, so Innova, uh, in Canova is short for innovation okay. and then Nova is Latin for new. So, um, and, uh, and, and he wanted to change name from Jay Cavalca reptiles for a couple of reasons. I mean, one, it seems like everyone in the reptile industry has their name reptiles or their name exotics. So he wanted to, you know, get away from that. Um, uh, another, you know, it's more than just him. It started off obviously as just him, but now he has you know, a whole team behind him and so forth. Okay. Um, and, uh, and, and, and also Cavalca is, you know, hard for people to spell. So uh, I think that was causing problems. So it made change. It made sense, you know, changing changing the name, um, and then it, it was an interesting project to work on because you know he wanted a very different direction than other people who work with in the reptile industry. Like, you know, he gave us examples of like uh, Apple and uh, Peloton and Porsche, and he wanted a very clean, upscale, classy, minimalistic, you know, look. Um, gotcha. What's been put together for them and so forth. Uh, we also developed like the you know the verbal branding to help. Uh, enforce, you know, his brand message, what he's all about. So again, going back to like, you know, he's responsible for creating these, all, all these, you know, world's first morphs. So some of the strap lines we put together for him, whereas uh, the snakes of tomorrow available today. I like that one. Thanks. Uh, who says science can't be beautiful. Uh, welcome to the world of world's firsts. Uh, redefining possibility. So, you know, just different things like that that he can then use and incorporate in his his graphics on his displays for the shows that we, you know, designed and, uh, you know, printed for him and, uh, you know, posters, handouts, whatever it is, you know. Um, the the other one you asked me about, the the U.S. ARC one, um, that, that was a project I was, you know, really excited to work on. Um, it was U.S. ARC, so, of course, we did it all pro bono for them, you know, didn't charge them anything. Also, nice. they did uh, ton of you know print and production stuff that we we helped him with and you know I, I still do and happy too but um you know the that was something that i i really wanted to do you know for them because i, I just saw such a need i mean 
the old the old US Arc brand, it was it was really struggling to to articulate really the you know critical contribution of the industry. I mean, the old logo was was dated, it was detailed, it was hard for people to read that were unfamiliar with US Arc already. Um, it had a you know playful aesthetic that failed to reflect the organization's true credibility. Um, so we worked together with with Phil, the president of US Arc, and, and the rest of the US Arc board to develop really a a new, clear, versatile brand, one that's reflective of, of US Arc's you know, purpose, um, patriotism, and, and strength as the largest advocacy of, of its kind in the industry. Okay. Uh, I mean, the, the new logo, you know, you're familiar with it, but it's it's practical, it's powerful, it provides credibility now to legislators. Um, Tattoo-worthy, too. Yeah, yeah, I saw that. <laughs> Earl, 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 I, I, no, no, that was pretty cool. <laughs> um, but I mean, it provides also, you know, clarity to the general public. It's much easier to read. Um, I mean, you know, strength to members of the, the reptile community. The, it has that, that solid rectangular housing. It's bold. It's eye-catching. Um, you know, it's, it's highly practical across any kind of applications. So, you know, whether it's put in the corner of photography, used on advertisements, apparel. Um, again, you know, I, I was happy to work on the project. I'm, I'm really looking forward to you know, seeing it help US Arc and, and help their mission and so forth, you know, also. so. You spoke about the details. So what are some of the, what is like one of the challenges or some of the challenges with a logo that's too detailed? Uh, what are some of the challenges when a logo is too detailed? Yeah. Um, I mean, they're, they're all kind of challenges. I mean, for one, it's harder for people to build up, like I said, a quick recognition, you know, like a, an effective logo, people should be able to glance at it and then look away and retain some type of, you know, image of what they saw, you know? Um, I mean, you think of, you know, how simple, the Nike swooshes, how easy you order, you know, it is to draw or the McDonald's arch or you know, different things. Um, too much detail that that doesn't happen. It, it means that it's going to take many more times for people to see it over and over to where they build up a brand recognition to where they can, for instance, hear the company name and picture the logo. Um, so again, just like when I said Nike, you can picture the Nike swoosh. I say McDonald's, you can picture that golden arch. Um, you know, that, that's the idea is, is when people hear a company's name, you want them to be able to envision, you know, your logo. Um, and, uh, and, and what that means for you also is that if people can do that, if they're in need of what you're, you're offering, you know, your product or service, then your logo is going to pop in their mind and it's going to make it that much more likely they're going to look you up and reach out to you specifically, as opposed to just Googling what you do or what you offer and maybe coming across you, but most likely not, you know, um, it's, uh, you know, too much detail is also problematic for other things like, uh, for instance, embroidery, you know, if you go to have something embroidered on a shirt, if there's too much detail, uh, like for instance, the reach out reptiles, original logo that Garrett had, uh, before the new one we did for him. I mean, there was no way of having that embroidered, you know, small on the left chest of a shirt. There was just way, way too much detail. It wouldn't be possible. You know, you'd have to have do a huge and cover the whole shirt and it would be super costly. Um, or, or there was no way of like printing it, uh, small on something like a pen, uh, because of all the detail, it, it would just all get lost. You wouldn't be able to read anything or see anything, you know? Um, so yeah, I mean, there, there are a number of problems if a logo has, has too much detail to it. Gotcha. When you were talking about, um, the Canova rebranding, you mentioned that it still started with a K and ended with an A. Was that something that was important, um, in terms of just the transition or was that like a personal request or? No, no, no. That was just something that, I mean, as we were exploring all the different name options, um, you know, just an additional thing that we liked about that specific name that we presented to Justin. Yeah. Okay. And so when we were working on our logo, we spent a lot of time talking about the colors that we use. 
colors. Can you mm -hmm. speak to the importance of the color? I mean, different colors have different psychological associations. So again, we base the the colors and what colors make the most sense off, you know, the answers in the workshop and, and the people we're working with. And again, kind of what they're looking to go after and who they're looking to attract and things like that. So, yeah. Gotcha. And so obviously, you know what you're talking about. You know a lot about branding. Um, you know a lot about the industry. So if someone still had some doubts about why they should choose a professional branding agency like yours, uh, what would you tell them? Um, I mean, I, I would tell them, honestly, I mean, you know, if you have doubts about it, I mean, look, look, look through our work, look through our website and stuff, you know, um, set up a call, you know, um, you know, have us answer any questions that you might have or whatever. Um, you know, if you're, if someone's considering, you know, uh, rebranding, um, you know, the, like who it is that we can help, for instance, I would say, I mean, anyone that's, that's ready for a change, but they're, they're just not sure kind of, you know, where to start or how to go about it. You know, we can, we can help them with that. If, if they feel back by or feel like held back by a dated, like detailed or unoriginal image, of course, you know, they can reach out. We can, we can help fix that. Um, anyone that's feels like they're wasting money on advertising, like it's just, you know, not working out for them, not going anywhere or whatever. Uh, you know, that could mean that their verbal branding and their messaging is off. So, you know, we can assist with that. Um, if someone's you know, sick of like, uh, convincing or competing on price, they feel like, you know, the only reason people buy from them is if they're the cheapest, you know, we can help fix that. Uh, and then lastly, I mean, if, if a company's offer audience or, or leadership is changing, um, then we can help, you know, with that adjustment as well. Gotcha. gotcha. And so you mentioned earlier that a lot of the work you do is with rebranding. Yes. Uh, so uh, when, at what point should a business consider rebranding? Well, any of those things I just, you know, kind of rattled off there or whatever, you know, if they're in any of those kind of situations, then, you know, I mean, they, 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 they should probably consider it. And, and you know, if, if they're being held back by anything, they should, they should consider it. Um, the reason that, that the majority of our, our branding projects are rebrands is because, uh, honestly, most people, um, you know, the, the, there's a lot of successful businesses out there, but they get to a point where they're just, they're just stuck, you know, or they're stagnant and um, they're not sure how to take things to that next level. And that's when they then reach out to us and then we help them, you know, take things again to that next level. So um, I think that also another reason that a lot of our projects are rebrands is because those are, again, successful companies that are already bringing in money. So they have money to reinvest in their business to grow, to become better. Um, it's just harder for a lot of startups uh, to, to, to work with a company like us because we're definitely not the cheapest, you know. Um, there are many cheaper options out there, you know, um, right. and, and in the beginning when people don't have money coming in, it's all expenses. It's, it's, it's sometimes hard to swing that. Gotcha. That's, that's understandable. So can you speak about some of your successful rebrands outside of the reptile industry? Um, yeah, I mean, we, we've had, we've had hundreds of them. I mean, we've done, you know, over, over 500, you know, branding projects over the years we've been in business. Right. Um, I mean, uh, one big one, uh, a client of ours that we do a lot of work with uh, is called Rectumwall Brothers. They're out of um, uh, just outside of Pittsburgh, PA, uh, also close to Garrett. 
uh, out of a town called Cranberry Township. But they, uh, they're a commercial construction company. They build the Nike stores all over the U.S. and Canada. They do H&M stores, Oscar stores, Foot Lockers, all kinds of others. Um, but they are, um, uh, again, you know, very large company. They, um, they reached out to us back in 2017 because they had, uh, they, 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 uh, they had a logo they'd used ever since they first started the company. It was over 30 years old. You know, it had never been changed. Um, they were already a very successful company. Um, they were they were net profiting. It was an average of thirty million dollars a year, so they're doing re very well. But their problem was they were stagnant. They hadn't had any growth. So you know, smaller companies around them uh, were growing more percentage wise. So they knew there was you know business they were missing out on. They knew they needed to change things. Um, they knew updating their brand was a big part of that. Um, so they worked with us. We um, again you know updated their image. Uh, you know. Built their new brand guide, um, worked on some of the messaging with them, their new materials and all that. Uh, three years later, they went from $30 million a year with no growth over 10 years to $51 million a year at profit. So that was a $21 million um, increase. Yeah, yeah. So, so, so a big jump. And um, and then, I mean, there's there's been a lot of even, even new businesses that we've uh, worked with that have had great success stories. There's... Um, uh, a local uh, juice bar called Get Fit, which um, came to us uh, before they even opened up their their doors for their first location, and they um, you know they, they told us what they had going on, um, you know they what, what they wanted to do and so forth. We developed all their branding um, within six months. They opened up you know two additional locations, uh, you know both uh, you know doing really really well, uh, successful you know steady clients coming in and so forth. Uh, Garrett's with, with reach out reptiles. Um, I mean, uh, another one, you know, we worked with Garrett, you know, a few years ago and, uh, you know, he told us recently he's had a 400% increase in business. Nice. So, um, so, so that's great. He's great. He's also had a 500% increase in social media. Um, you know, nice. he already had, uh, you know, a large YouTube following things like that. When we first started working with him, he had uh, one full-time employee. He, he now has eight full-time employees. So, um, he also went from, you know, just working out at his basement, having all his animals there. Now he has a massive, you know, new facility and everything. Um, and There's I mean, there's a point to this say, that says that the, the cost of the branding really pays for itself over time. Yeah. It, and, and, and exactly. I mean, it yeah, is so. an investment, you know, it, it is, you know, again, we're, 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 we're not the cheapest out there at all. You know, I mean, we're, we're probably one of the pricier options that most people consider, um, but again, it's it's an investment, and I would never want to work on a project with someone unless we're able to create more value for them than what it is we're charging them. You know, if they're going to spend X with us, then you know we expect them to have a return of at least ten X. You know, after that, you know. So, um, and again, that's that's part of that that initial call that we take with them. You know, if if it sounds like we can do that, great. If it if if it doesn't, then hey, maybe we're just not a good fit. You know, that makes sense. So is there any other advice that you would offer folks who, who, who are thinking about branding? Um, thinking about yeah, reaching out to you? I, I think we've pretty much went over everything. Uh, again, I mean, if anyone's thinking about reaching out to us, I would I would just first say, you know, again, you know, check out our website, look through our work, um, you know, read the about us section, you know, on, on, on our page, read about our process. And, uh, and then if, if you think it would be a good fit, then, uh, you know, send us an email, you know, we'll, we'll schedule a, we'll schedule a call to talk about things. Um, there's a contact form, you know, on the website and everything. I think 
thinking back and thinking about some of the ones you guys did, I think one of my favorite ones is the Crab Shack Kariba. Is that oh, the Crab Shack Kariba one? Yeah. So, yeah, I like that red crab. That was that that that, that was that was a fun one uh, to work on. That's actually um, a good friend of mine, Braun, owns that. It's a it's a seafood restaurant, and uh, we've done a number of projects for him. Uh, he's a he's a you know uh, an entrepreneur for sure. Uh, but um, you know he has uh, we've done the brands for Crab Shack Kariba, the the seafood restaurant for him. We also did the branding for Harma Hospitality, which is the holding company that uh, you know the, the all his restaurants are under. We also did the branding for Nonna Carlo, which is an Italian deli and market that he owns. Um, uh, we did the branding for Sugar Bar, which is a, a sweet shop uh, bakery. And then we also did the branding for his other business, um, Cosmo, which is uh, a nightclub uh, geared toward like the you know young professionals and stuff like that. Okay. Um, so we've worked on a number of projects for him. Um, he's obviously seen the value in it. Yeah, obviously. You <laughs> <laughs> got off about five or six there. At least. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> cool. So what are some of your interests outside of reptiles and outside of branding? Uh, well, I'm, uh, I mean, I'm a family man, uh, wife and two kids. Uh, my son's seven years old right now. My daughter's six years old. Okay. Uh, we leave next week to go to Mexico for a week vacation. We go down there a few times a year, at least. It's uh, okay. you know, so love. Love traveling. Uh, I mean, all over the place. Mexico is kind of my go-to, but um, you know, been yeah, many many places. Uh, uh, I enjoy the gym. Uh, I like to hit the weights for hour and a half, two hours every day. Can't take a day off. If I do, I don't feel like I can sleep because I don't feel like I accomplished what I need to during the day. <laughs> okay. <laughs> um, I enjoy mountain biking, uh, basketball, so a lot of physical activities. I need to get back in the gym. I've, I've been slacking. What kind of workouts do you do? You switch it up a lot or you do kind of like the same? Uh, so, I mean, it's, it's, it's strictly all lifting. And then I play basketball twice a week. I've got a group, the group of guys, we all get together, you know, play twice a week, Thursdays and Sundays. But um, no, the, uh, as far as the lifting, I mean, I, I do like a five day split, you know, it's this chest one day, then back and shoulders and arms and legs. And then it repeats. So, okay. and uh I mean, I, I'll mix it up as far as, you know, the different exercises or lifts that I do, um, but it's always that same routine. Gotcha. Gotcha. We got uh, Matt from Ebony and Ivory Reptiles. He says he'll be looking into it for sure. Sure. Right, so I got a couple random questions for you. So if you could live anywhere in the world, where would that place be and why? Uh, I mean, I, I enjoy where I live because, uh, I mean, I, I have family here. You know, my parents uh, actually live right up the street from me. I bought some land down the road from them in the development, uh, you know, that we live in. Had a had a house built uh, here so we could be, you know, uh, close to them and, and so forth, especially with the kids and everything. Uh, yeah. I, I enjoy, you know, here also because all my friends and stuff. But again, I love traveling. Um, you know, I, I, I already said it, but I travel to Mexico more so than anywhere else. I don't think I want to live there, but I, but I do love traveling there. I like all the activities, the excursions, the resorts and stuff. Uh, I, I was born in London, England. Um, okay. So, uh, but I moved to the States when I was eight. That's why I don't have the accent or anything. <laughs> so, um, <laughs> but, but, but I go back to England, visit family all the time. Um, I, I really enjoy the Netherlands. Um, so, uh, you know, I love Amsterdam and different areas around the Netherlands. Uh, I, I can't really think of a, another place I'd like to, you know, that I could say I'd like to live forever. I just, 
Gotcha. You drink coffee? I do not drink coffee. Never. You don't drink coffee. All right. no. What's your favorite? What's your favorite drink? Water or protein shakes. <laughs> okay. So if you could sit down and have a protein shake with any historical figure in the world, who would that person be and why? That's a tough one. I have no idea. Um, you can't say not, Arnold Schwarzenegger. What's that? <laughs> so you can't say Arnold Schwarzenegger. <laughs> no, 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 no. I, well, I mean, he's, he's still alive. I don't really consider him a historical figure. <laughs> yeah. No, um, I don't know. I mean, to be honest, I, I, you know, I'm not really too much in the history or anything. Uh, I don't know. Maybe, maybe uh, Pablo Escobar. That'd be a fun one. Okay. Why is that? <laughs> ah, I, I don't know. I, I enjoyed the, the the Narcos series or whatever and stuff. Uh, he was okay. an interesting character. It'd be it'd, it'd be it'd be fun to you know hear some stories from him. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that would be pretty interesting. All right. And so we're getting close to the end here. So I like to ask folks if there was one question you wish I would have asked you, what would that question be, and how would you have answered that? Again, I'm not sure. I mean, if you can if you can think of anything though, feel free to reach back out. <laughs> if any if anyone on the chat has any questions, feel free to shoot them over and I'll I'll answer them if I can. <laughs> Let me scroll through real quick to make sure we didn't miss any questions before we head out. I don't think we missed any. All right, Blake. Well, before we head out, definitely tell our listeners where they can find you online. Uh, yeah, sure. Um, so, uh, I mean, you can, again, you can, uh, you know, find us, uh, through our website. It's sdidentity.com. So SD for Stuart design identity.com. Uh, the website at the bottom has links to all of our different social media pages. Um, and, uh, there's a contact form on our website, or if anyone wants my direct email, it's just Blake, which is B L A K E at, sdidentity.com okay okay well blake we really appreciate you coming out uh this is very this is a lot of fun very interesting and definitely very informative and i hope some people reach out to you and, and i hope, hope you get some new business no it's my pleasure mike uh, yeah i appreciate it thank you for having me on here no problem all right cool. well thank you all for coming out um, we got a lot of people in the chat tonight. If you haven't, please hit that like button before you get out of here. Again, thank you all for coming out. Uh, looking forward to next week. Uh, one quick announcement. Next week, we will have uh, G, so Jakendal Joyner from Sick Witted Ball Pythons. But we won't be on Thursday night. Uh, we had to, to move the schedule around a little bit. So we're going to be a Wednesday night at 8. And we're going to have G from Sick Witted Ball Pythons. So definitely look forward to seeing you there. Thank you, everyone, for coming out tonight. Y'all have a good evening. Peace.